At the Canaan Church, our mission is bringing people to Christ and helping every person to become a mature disciple in Christ. Canaan Christian Church, where people dare to dream. Turn again to Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. The word of God reads like this. And I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. We're talking, I'm teaching right now on this theme, uh, the order of the house. I'm talking about the order of the house. And as we talk about the order of the house, we're talking about what God's will is for us, both individually as Christians and collectively as brothers and sisters in Christ. It is wonderful to be saved. I said it's wonderful to be saved. I'll say it again. It's wonderful to be saved. Amen. And as a Christian, when you, as you grow in spiritual formation and you come to understand what God's will is for your life, you recognize that you you wasn't saved just to be saved. You wasn't saved just to be churchy. You were not saved just to be religious, but you were saved to help save somebody else. You were saved that you might give glory to God. You were saved that you might help strengthen another brother, sister in Christ in their walk with God. Amen. And what a blessing it is to, yield, to live your life in relationship with God. Amen. So that that being a Christian is about a daily experience with God. You're here at Bible study this morning. This is not about entertainment. It's about an experience. So that when you leave the Bible study, you'll be able to tell somebody, I had an experience this morning with God in Bible study. On Sunday, we want to have an experience with God. And so as we're celebrating this 40th year, we're teaching right now about the order of the house so that we allow the Spirit of God to help us to recollect, revisit how did we get from where we started to where we are now. It wasn't by accident. It was about our faith and obedience to God and allowing God to order our steps. I have been using other books as a kind of resource to stimulate our thinking. Andy Stanley's book, Deep and Wide, and Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Church, and Chuck Swindoll's book, Church Awakening. And then there's this book called The Prevail church by Randy Pope and so all of these books are really speaking to us about principles that one can find in the Bible that gives clarity to who we are and what God purposes to do in our lives today as we move forward to continue to talk about what God would have us to do I'm putting focus on the evangelistic responsibility that we have as a church family uh, have I got anybody beside myself that gets excited when you see somebody join the church? Yes, it's a time to celebrate. It's a time to celebrate. And I really get excited if the person who walks down that aisle is a person that I have been personally witnessing to. Amen. And so I want to see Canaan continue to grow. I want to see Canaan keep growing. I want it to grow until the St. Fred's field top and bottom. I want to see it grow until the chapel is filled with people. I want to see it grow until we're seating them in the family, in the, uh, family life center and the fellowship hall. 
I want to see it growing until all of that is filled and then people out in the parking lot in cars watching it through a device because everywhere else is just jam-packed. Don't you want to see it like that? Amen. And listen, it can happen because all we got to do is just keep doubling in our growth every year. And why not? Because all that requires is something very easy, and that's everybody do what? Bring one person to Christ. Amen. Every year, just bring one person in 365 days. That is not a whole lot of effort, but we can all do that, and how amazing it would be. So if we talk about uh, evangelism in the church, when we talk about that, Randy Pope says we need to have strategies for evangelism. In other words, it shouldn't just happen because we think we're doing it by accident, but we should do it with a sense of intentionality. So he says, one, he says, the leadership team to embrace a philosophy of ministry which makes reaching the lost as high a priority as ministering to God's people. That means the pastor of the church, that means our trustees, our deacons, that the leadership team, that means the leaders of the various ministers of the church, all of us must have an attitude that says our top priority is bringing others to Christ. Amen. Because the congregation is only going to do what they see the leadership what do. And you can't lead others where you're not willing to go yourself. Number two is we must teach the congregation through multiple ongoing means as to the high value we place on reaching the lost. That's what I'm doing right now. Randy Pope says you should teach people the high value of reaching the lost. That teaching should be done periodically throughout the life of the church so that, so that right now I'm literally teaching about evangelism. But guess what else I'm teaching? It's subtle, but I'm doing it. Every time on Sunday when I get through teaching and I extend the invitation for Christian dis discipleship, I ask you to help me extend that invitation, right? I'm saying to you, reach out to the person, what? Beside you, and ask them these two questions, right? The fact that I invite you and encourage you to participate with me and to help extend the invitation is really keeping it on your mind that all of us should be reaching someone to Christ. Amen? Okay? So it's keeping it, it's keeping it before the people of God. Then, uh, number three, make worship inviting. Make worship inviting. Amen. Look at somebody and say, I hate a cold church. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look at somebody and say, I hate a stuck-up church. No, the church needs to be what? Inviting. Right? How, what's going to make somebody want to join the church and you act like you don't want them there? Right? Number four, teach the congregation to answer the question that non-believers are asking. We got to be prepared to answer the question that non-believers are asking. Not what believers are asking. Be sensitive to what non-believers are asking. Life, whether you realize it or not, is real. And people got questions. Amen. And that's why we need to learn the word of God, know the word of God. That's why we need to be sensitive to life. 
Amen. And be able to answer these questions. Amen. And in the midst of the pandemic and everything that's going on since the pandemic, people got questions and we need to be ready to respond. Amen. Then teach the congregation to have a long-term approach. We need to have a long-term approach that if we're going to reach thousands of people for Christ, then it just can't be just a one-shot method. It's got to be a method and a strategy that allows us to be in it for the long term. This is not a hundred yard dash. This is a cross country run. Hallelujah. Amen. We're not just witnessing the people this year. We're going to keep witnessing what? Year after year after year after year. So it's a long term strategy. So what I'm trying to do as your pastor is to present a vision and a strategy that allows us to be engaging people on an ongoing basis. Amen. Because personally, I don't want a year to end where I'm not bringing brother or somebody to Jesus. Mm -mm. And I want our church to have that disposition because there's so many people who want to know God and who are looking for God. Number six, model for the church a lifestyle of being faithful as an evangelist. Uh, uh, Randy Pope says, Malone, if you are going to lead your church in winning the loss, he says, set the example, brother. <laughs> You're you going to tell them to go win one. Well, do they see you doing it? The Bible says that your responsibility as a pastor is to do the work of an evangelist. So they ought to see you witnessing. They ought to see somebody coming down that aisle because you led them to Christ. Amen. So I don't, in, in my pastoral ministry, I'm not trying to ask anybody to do something that I won't first do myself. Hallelujah goes right there. Amen. Number seven, create periodic church-wide culturally relevant outreach events. Amen. That's what Randy, Randy Pope says. Create periodic church-wide culturally relevant outreach events. Create events that allows your church to bring people to Christ. Some of these events are very easy because they have to do with the Christian calendar, like Easter. It's a great time to put the bunny rabbit aside and talk about Jesus. <laughs> Christmas is a wonderful time. Quit talking about a man coming down the chimney who ain't coming down the chimney and talk about a God who came from heaven down. Amen. Pentecostal Sunday. It's a great time to bring people to Christ, right? Okay? Uh, maybe we say we're going to have a family and friends day. And everybody bring a family member, bring a friend to worship. Uh, the third Sunday in October of this year, the third Sunday in October, we're going to do It's a Family Affair again. You remember how we did Family Affair this past year? And right after church, we went out in the parking lot and we had a lunch together and we had games and activities. But we're going to do it again this year. Amen. We're going to have this wonderful food for us to be able to enjoy and eat and all kinds of games and activities. Yeah. Bring a friend. Amen. You know? 
at Bible study. Bring a friend, bring a co-worker, amen. On Wednesday night, bring a co-worker, bring a, bring a friend. At the prayer service on Saturday from four to five, you got a friend that's struggling, you got a friend that's hurting, a friend that says, can I talk with you? Can, you, can I share some things with you? Why, why not say yes and listen, I want you to come to church with me on Saturday for one hour, for, it's a time of prayer. And I want you to sit with me as I'm gonna be praying for you, right? We, we, we look at these opportunities where we can creatively invite and bring other people in settings that can help lead them to Christ. And then number eight is teach disciples to make disciples through connection Bible group studies. Now this is straight out of Randy Pope's book. Let me read it again. Because it sounds like something that I said based on what we're doing, right? Because on Sundays, what do we have? Connection, Connection group, what? Bible. Bible study, right? He says, teach disciples to make disciples through Connection Bible group studies. Quote, end of quote. So I'm saying to us as a congregation is that as a Christian, as a saved person, we talk about the order of the house. It's so important, beloved, that we get beyond just being churchy and be a Christian. It's so important that we learn the Bible and then take the principles of the Bible and make those principles applicable to our lives. It's so important for us as Christians to be able to receive a vision from God and then implement it in our lives. So I'm saying to you, as I've said to John Coates Lewis and to the people who teach in our Connection Group Bible study, is that every Sunday morning from 8.45 to 9.45, three things we want to accomplish in the Connection Group Bible study. One is we want everyone in that Bible study to be growing as a disciple in their spiritual formation because they're being substantively taught the Word of God. Number two, what we want to happen in that Connection Group Bible study is we want to build community so that everyone in that Bible study who's a member of the church is getting to know and learn and develop a relationship with other people in the Bible study so they begin to feel and, and, and experience what it means to be a part of this community, a part of this church, a part of this family. Everybody in that church should have a sense of belongingness. But the third thing we want to do in that Connection Group Bible study is we say every week we want to fill the empty chair. Now, what does it mean to fill the empty chair? That means every week we want everybody inviting and bringing someone with them to the Bible study. Why? Because the Bible says that the Word of God does not go out and return void, but it will accomplish the purpose for which it was sent forth. So when you invite someone to the Bible study, they get a chance to sit under the Word. They hear the Word being taught in their presence in the host of other believers well the presence of other believers what encourages them 
plus they get in the word. Then they come from there into the worship experience. They hear the word again in the worship experience, and then they decide, I'm going to walk down that aisle and give my life to Christ. Do you see how intentional that is? Amen. So we're saying the teachers who teach in the Connection Group Bible Study, those three things are not negotiable. We need you to teach, but we need you to do these three things, and we need you to do it within that allotted time that we give you on Sunday morning from 8.45 to 9.45. Now, that's why it is important, though, for every member of our church to commit to come to the Connection Group Bible Study. Because as you commit to come to the Connection Group Bible Study, you're doing three things that you're committing to. One is you're committing yourself to keep growing in spiritual maturity by studying the Word of God with others. Number two, you're committing to help building our church as a loving church because we want everybody to have a sense of belongingness and to feel connected to this family. I'm going to be telling you very soon in a teaching I'm going to be doing here in about maybe two more Sundays, the Surgeon General of the United States said just last week that it is imperative that people get out of their houses and get back out in the, in the normality of life and in relationship and in community with other people. He says because isolation and loneliness and separation, he says, is now as detrimental as smoking cigarettes. Because it's fostering mental illness. All right? You see? And so, and so we're, we're trying to get everybody to be a part of the Connection Group Bible study. I'm trying to say to everybody who belong to the Canaan Church that after the pandemic, don't stay home talking about you virtual. You ain't virtual at the beauty salon. You ain't virtual at the barber shop. You ain't virtual at the mall. You ain't virtual at the restaurant. You wasn't virtual at the derby parties. So don't talk this virtual stuff to me and you here in the city and your legs operate, your mind operates. You wasn't virtual when you picked up that cocktail. <laughs> reel it in, Walter, reel it in, reel it in, reel it in. Okay, I'm gonna reel it in, I'm gonna reel it in. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Now, I gave you something real special. I did it before. I'm bringing it back to you again. Randy Pope, in his book, The Prevailing Church, says we should not do evangelism by accident. He says be intentional about it. Go after people. Now, I wonder how many of you have ever led another person to Christ. Led a, not just invited them to church, but led a person to Christ. I wonder how many of you know how to share the plan of salvation without something like what I just gave you, just with your Bible. How many of you are comfortable just taking a Bible in your hand? Just, just taking a Bible. Just taking a Bible and leading a person to Christ. 
How many of you are comfortable if you didn't have the physical Bible in your hand, but you were talking to an individual and you didn't have your Bible with you, that you could still lead that person to Christ because you got enough scripture already in your heart and in your mind that you could lead them. Now the answer though to those questions might be far, few, and in between. And when the pandemic hit, I, I keep telling you, my prayer to God was, show me the miracle in the mess. Because I know God didn't cause the pandemic, but he could use it. And so what the Lord put in my spirit is he says, I'm going to show you, Walter, that the anointing that I placed upon your life is not just an anointing for Louisville, Kentucky, but I have an anointing on your life for you to be able to reach people all across the length and breadth of the nation and the world. And so as he began to deal with me, the Lord was speaking to me and he gave me this vision of putting this piece together. Initially, I didn't put this together first for you, for the people here in Louisville. I really didn't. My first thoughts about this was really just for people in other cities, virtually in other cities, because I purpose, and I'm still purposing, to go to all the other cities where we have people who are members. We've got people in Georgia, we've got people in Arizona, we've got people in Florida, we've got people in Texas, in Indiana, uh, down in Lexington, in Madisonville. Uh, we got people in New Jersey. We got people in various cities all across the nation. I'm purposing to go to those cities and do a type of mini crusade. A mini crusade. So I'm sending the virtual people this, like a package of 10, and I'm telling them to reach out to 10 families. And then I'll go to Tempe, Arizona, and then I will do a mini crusade with the families that's already a part of our church, with the 10 families that they bring to the meeting, and I'm gonna walk them through this booklet. And at the end of walking them through this booklet, I'm gonna extend an invitation for them to make a commitment to Christ. And then the virtual members in that city will be the people who will continue to follow up with them through their discipleship formation. But as I continued to be prayerful and thought about it, I said to myself, well, Walter, if this works in Tempe, Arizona, if it works in Chicago, Illinois, why not give it to the folk right in your sanctuary in Louisville because it works here as well. Amen. Because what dawned on me is that many of you you would be more engaged to reach out and lead someone to Christ if you had something to help guide you. Amen. As well as being able to leave something in their hands. Are you listening to me? All right? Let me, get, let me walk you through this. And I'm going to walk you through it showing you what I'm talking about with what I'm personally getting ready to do with another friend of mine right here in Louisville that I'm purposing to lead to Christ. So look at the very outside. Let's walk through it. One with God and one with one another. Isn't that glorious? Because that's the kind of relationship God wants you to have, right? One with him and what? One with one another. That's what Canaan is about. Then you open up that flap and it says, a simple church with a kingdom focus. 
And we have to thank God again for Janet Lastly, our marketing person. She is just super duper. So the pictures you even see are intentional because the pictures are saying to people, uh, our church is a church that's welcoming, looking for, embrace, engages anyone and everyone. Now people, they, when they say Canaan Christian Church and they say my name, they would say that we are primarily a large African-American church. And that would be true, that's accurate because the majority of the people who belong to Canaan are black people. But are we saying, are we saying that the only folk we want to bring to Jesus are black people? Or are we saying we want to bring people to Christ? Are we open to anyone and everyone? African-American, white, Latino, Hispanic, Asian, rich, poor, learned, unlearned. We're saying we love what God loves. He loves what? People. So the pictures you see throughout this piece <coughs> become reflective of our position and our attitude. Now, as you open up again, you see the statement, one with God and one with one another. And again, these, these pictures become reflective of our disposition. So then we have a servant's prayer. And when you read that servant's prayer, this is what you and I are praying for. This is what we're asking God for. If you're going to lead somebody to Christ, you got to pray for people. Huh? And when I say pray for people, I'm talking about pray before you meet them. So like right now, why not pray and ask God to put somebody in your space? Right? If you're going to ask him to give you a car, ask him to put somebody in your space to be saved. I don't hear nobody. If you're asking for a raise financially, why not pray for God to enable you to lead someone else to Jesus, right? So let's pray for people and let's pray before we meet them. Now let's go to the next page. The first thing, if I'm, uh, okay, let me make it real clear. I've got a friend here in Louisville, and we've been friends for now several years. And I have not witnessed to him, per se, in these several years. But I'm getting ready to do it. I'm going after him. I don't know if he goes to church. I don't know. Uh, if he believes in God or what his faith background might be, I don't know. But I'm getting ready to find out. And I'm going to be intentional about it. I'm going to give him this booklet. And I'm going to ask him if he will allow me to have the privilege and the opportunity to share with him my relationship with God, to talk to him about what I do as a pastor, and to share what I believe would be such a blessing to him if he knew what I knew. So the first thing I'm going to share with him is I'm going to explain to him what the good news is. Good news for you. What is the gospel? It's good news. And so what is the gospel, right? What is the gospel? Well, we could really go real quick to John 3.16. For God what? So loved the world that he did what? He gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Right? So as I share with my friend, I'm going to talk about the issue of sin. 
And I'm assured my sin that God made all of us in the image and likeness of himself. But all of us have been tainted by sin, meaning all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. I'm going to help my friend understand, I haven't always been a pastor. I haven't always been a preacher. I ain't always been a Christian. There was a time I want him to know I did not have a relationship with God. But the gospel means that I've heard that God made it possible that I didn't have to stay separated from him. That God would bring me into a saving relationship with him and he would do it through his son, Jesus Christ. Are y'all with me? Now, look, look at the bottom. You'll see something in big print on page four. The Christian life is the life where we live in a right relationship with God and with one another. Ain't that true? We live in a what? A right relationship with God and with one another. Look at the bottom of page five, another big statement. Christianity is not about rules, regulations, rituals, or religion. The Christian faith is about a right relationship with God. And that's what I'm going to be sharing with my friend. That's the gospel. That's the good news. It's about having a right relationship with God. And we come into that right relationship with God by believing and accepting what God has done for us in the person of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 6. Look at page 6, the second paragraph. Everyone who confesses their sins to God and accepts Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior is forgiven of their sins and brought into a new and wonderful relationship with God. We are saved. We are not saved by goodness, but we are saved by the grace of God. That's what I'm sharing with my friend. That's, that's what you will share with the person that you sit down and talk with sharing this uh, booklet with them. Are y'all still with me? So the first thing that you're going to do as you share with the person is you're going to share with them what the gospel is, the good news. Does everybody understand what Pastor just told you? All right. Now from there we need to say something. There's a second thing we need to help them understand. So the second thing I'm going to talk to my friend about is the church, your family. Amen. The church, your family. All of you who are now part of Canaan Church, this is your family. You have a big family. You're part of a what? An extended family. This is not, you, you know, speak of this as your family as terms of your biological family, but we're family now because of our spiritual connection. We all got the same daddy. Yeah. Amen. That's why we speak of one another as what? Brothers and what? Sisters in Christ. Ain't it good to be a part of the family of God? Now, this is important that you now help the person stand because God didn't save any of us to live our lives alone. He didn't save you to go be a Christian in privacy on Walden Pond somewhere. We need God and we need one another. Okay? Look at the first paragraph. One of the most significant blessings God brings into our lives as Christians is our fellowship and covenant relationship with other believers in Christ. It is important for every Christian to be connected to a church and spiritually live under the covering of the church. These 
pictures here become descriptive of people who are part of the family of God. A young lady meditating, a brother bowed in prayer, a husband and a wife together, uh, a whole family, a generation, okay? The church is a covenant community of born-again believers meeting together in fellowship to worship Christ as well as working together to advance his kingdom to the ends of the earth in preparation for his return. Y'all see that at the bottom of the page? Listen, beloved, there are some things we can do collectively that we could never do individually. Does that make sense? Okay. So don't let anybody tell you I can be a Christian without being a part of the church. The devil is a lie. All right. Now, I'm not reading all of these pages. You read them. You read them. Listen, before you take this and you go share and witness to a person, you read this booklet over and over and over and over again. Read it 10 times, read it 20 times. Read it wrong until it gets so deep in your spirit that you could just about talk about it without having the brochure in your hand. Because you don't want to be presenting this to a person and stumbling through it. When you're sharing it, you want to share it in a way very articulately, share it as one who knows what you're talking about. Amen. So the second thing we're doing then is we're helping people understand what it means to be a part of the church of God and why the church of God is important because you become a part of God's family. Look at page 10. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. This, 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 this brother is standing on a mountain, hands stretched out to God, looking into the heavens. And look at the statement. As family members, we worship Christ together. As family members, we love and strengthen one another in the Lord. As family members, we witness together to reach the world for Christ. As family members, we cover one another and the world in prayer. As family members, we model before the world the love of God in Christ. As family members, we grow spiritually together as disciples of Christ. As family members, we help heal broken communities in the spirit of Christ. You ought to look at somebody right now and say, I just thank God for you. Hmm? Yeah, tell them. Tell them, I thank God for you. In fact, let's put our hands together and praise God for the church. It is a blessing to be a part of the church because the church is the one institution that's going to help you make it through this troubled world. Amen. Thank God for the church. So, okay, I'll make sure you're getting this. What's the first thing you're going to be sharing with your friend? The good news, the gospel. Come on, don't y'all scare me now. I just got through teaching this two minutes ago. You, you couldn't have forgot that quick. You're scaring me, you're scaring me. Okay, what's the first thing you're going to be sharing with people about? The good news. Now, what's the second thing you're going to share with them? Not the church. You all are scaring me. This was less than 60 seconds ago. What's the second thing y'all going to be sharing with people? It's about the church. All right. Holy Ghost fall fresh on us. Okay. Then there's a third piece you're going to share with the person. 
I'm going to be witnessing to my friend. He's here in Louisville, Kentucky. This is not make-believe. This is literally, Annette, what I'm getting ready to do. I'm going to call him. I'm going to set up a time. I'm going to present this to him, and then I'm going to set up another time for us to sit down and go through this. It'll maybe take us about maybe 45 minutes to an hour, depending on the dialogue, right? Because as you share with people, you want to give them a chance to what? talk back, respond to you, right? Okay. So the first thing is I'm sharing with him about the good news of Jesus Christ. The second thing I'm going to talk to him about is why it's important to be a part of the church and how the church is going to be a family for him. But the third thing I'm going to talk to my friend about is God has a future for your life. I want him to know that God's got a future for his life. And so I'm going to share with him what that means. I'm going to talk to him about the fact that Jesus says that the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And there are other scriptures that you can share with the person that gives verification of how God purposes to do great things in your life. Amen. I'm looking at you this morning right now and I'm telling you that there's more to your relationship with God than being churchy. Amen. You come to worship every Sunday, you ought to leave every Sunday differently than you came. We've been worshiping God already this year since January and it's May. You ought to be in a whole nother place since January now. And by the end of this year, can you only imagine where you're going to be at in your relationship with God? As I talk about increase in elevation, I ain't talking to hear myself. I mean every word I say. Because we serve a God who wants to bring increase in elevation in your life. You don't have to break God's arm to get him to bless you. He wants to bless you. He wants to do things for you you ain't even praying for. But you got to be in position to receive it. Amen. He's got a future for you. And the future he has for you is not just what he wants to do for you. But the future God has for you is what he wants to do through you on behalf of somebody else. Think about it. Think about it. Somebody else in this city can be blessed of God because of how God going to work through me to touch their life. I don't know anything more powerful than that. That's a powerful uh, dream. That's a powerful vision. God has a future for all of our lives. So as you look at page 12, you look at page 13, you know, you're going to read that script. You're going to read about what happened on the day of Pentecost. You're going to read about what God says to us in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. And, uh, and then you see at the bottom of page 13, we are excited about what God is prepared to do in your life. Now listen to what I'm going to say. If the only time you can be excited about God is when he's doing it for you, shame on you. We ought to be excited about God, not when he's doing it for me, but when he's doing it for others. Amen. So I'm going to tell my friend, Sister Walk, I'm going to tell him, JJ, Man, I'm excited 
about what God is about to do for you and for your family and for your house. Amen. And when I say it, I'm not going to be saying it, Brother Ellis, just uttering words. No. When I say it, Sister Ellis, I'm going to mean what I say. Because I am. I'm excited about what God's going to do for him. And you ought to be excited about what God's going to do for the people that you share with. All of these pictures here are pictures, again, that reflect that we're trying to reach out to people all across the spasms of life. Then you look at the next page and it's just full of pictures. And these, you know, you've heard the statement, a picture is worth a thousand words. If you keep looking at those pictures, you're going to start seeing vision. One with God and one with one another. How did we start this booklet? One with God and one with one another. As we're getting toward the close of the booklet, we're still talking about what? One with God and one with one another. Because what is the most important thing in life? It's relationship. You need a scripture, don't you? You need a scripture, okay. A certain lawyer asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? Now what did Jesus say? That, that you should love the Lord thy God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second is like unto it, that you will love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. What was Jesus talking about? He's talking about relationship. Have a right relationship with God, have a right relationship with yourself, and have a right relationship with others. But you cannot have a right relationship with other people if you don't have a right relationship with yourself. And you can't have a right relationship with yourself if you don't have a right relationship with God. Amen. All right. Then let's turn over uh, from page 15. And then uh, the last page uh, has a picture of the church. Lord have mercy. In y'all's book, do you have my picture and all that in there? Okay, good. All right, all right. Now, when you join the church, we do give you this mug shot. You get this mug shot when you join the church. Amen. All right. Sandy, you like that, that picture, baby? All right, that's all that matters. If you like it. Just to be close to you. All right. Okay. And, uh, and we put some other material in there for, for new people. See, this is what we give to new people when they join the church. This is what we give new people as part of their intake package. It's part of the intake package. Now, okay, here we go again. <laughs> Don't scare me, please. The first thing you're going to share with the person is what? Good news. Good news. The second thing you're going to share with the person? Church. Being part of the church. What's the third thing you're going to share with the person? He has a future for their life, right? Okay. Now, what I'm asking you to do, what I'm asking you to do as a church, and I'm very serious about this, I want each of you to get somebody on your heart, on your mind, that you call, that you reach out to, 
that you sit down with who is unsaved or unchurched and take this and lead them to Christ. Take this and share the gospel, the good news with them. Take this, talk to them about the ministry of the Canaan church. Take this and share with them that God has a glorious future for their life. That's what I'm asking you to do. Now, you know, when I was asking you what, what the first thing I said, you was kind of quiet. It ain't that you had forgotten. It might be that you had already figured out, he's going to ask me to do something with this. <laughs> and I'm already getting scared that, that I got to actually do something with what he's given me today. God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. Amen. In fact, this is going to make it easier for you to share Christ with a person because you got something you can walk them through. Amen. 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 Come on, look at somebody, encourage them. Encourage them, Tom said, we can do this, we can do this, we can do this, we can do this. Come on, tell them again, you got, get an attitude, Tom said, come on, we can do this, we can do this, we can do this. And what joy you gonna have when the person that you share this with walks down this aisle. All of us this year want to bring what? One person to Christ. What does Randy Pope say in his book, The Prevailing Church? He says, don't do it by accident. Do it what? Intentionally. We are what kind of a church? A prevailing church. Amen. Now, um, I gave you one, right? Now, here's what you're going to need to do. Where's Casimir? Y'all got the box of the, of the th piece th of these, right? Back there. Okay. Now, here's what you're going to need to do. I gave you this one, right? Now this one I gave you, I need you to keep this for who? For yourself. Because how many times are you gonna take this and then share one with another person? Thousands of times. <laughs> I told you, this ain't no 100-yard dash. This is a, a cross-country run. We're going to bring somebody to Jesus' win every year. And how many times in the year? It's every time you get an opportunity. So you keep this one, right? Because if you give them this, where's yours, right? So you keep this for yourself, and you want to keep reading it studying it because what's going to happen chat is you're going to get better and better and better at your presentation amen you're just going to get better and better at your presentation so after the closing prayer and for those of you who have to go to work before the closing prayer see Mary see Cassie and they're going to give you a second one they're going to give you a second one. Right? 
Those of you who stay with me for the prayer, before you leave, make sure you pick up what? A second one. The second one is for who? The person that you're going to lead to Christ. Amen? Brother Hurt, ain't this wonderful? Sister Hurt, aren't you excited about this? Start thinking about who you're going to lead. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Amen. My brother, give me your name. Yeah, you. Sean Crook. Sean Crook. Sean, do you want to go to uh, New Jersey with me? I'm going to be going there to do a mini crusade. Because we got virtual members up there. And, and I'm sending this to Sherry Franklin to invite 10 families. You could go to New Jersey with me, uh, Sean, and I could let you be a part of the presentation to the people there. Amen. You with me on that? Now, Sean, I'm going to let you get your on-the-job training, though, here. I want you to do your first presentation here. So when we get to New Jersey, you'll already be well-tuned. Wait a minute, Sister Dow, Dr. Dow, make sure you get your book now. Okay, that's, they, they're standing right there. You can get five if you're going to use all five. Wait a minute, don't walk out. Get your book. Amen. You got to follow up with the saints. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. God be praised. Uh, Brother Hurt's daughter. Yes. Vicky. Yeah, Vicky. Listen, Vicky. Sandra and I, we're going to go to Tempe, Arizona. We got a family there, Carl Caprice and his wife. And they're going to set up families there. So Sandra and I are going to go. You want to go with Mrs. Malone and I to Tempe, Arizona? Yeah. And so I'll do part of the presentation. I'll let Sandra do part of the presentation. And then, Vicki, we're going to let you bring it in at the end. How's that sound? Right? Yeah. Now, you're going to get your JLT here. So you'll present it to the person doing all three pieces. You and the person. You see what I'm saying? Amen. I'm excited about what God is doing in your life, in my life, and in our lives together. Leading hundreds of people, thousands of people to the Lord Jesus Christ. The people represent the church no matter where we are. So stay connected and reach others as we grow in Christ.